out on the road Waiting for a new episode We've been thinking of you And just what you need Oh yeah, yeah Now that the show's underway I guess we can call it a day You're ready for Welcome to the Bowfinger Minute. My name is Johan. And I'm Carissa. And I will be your host for this episode. Uh, minute 62. It starts with Cold Seduce character, Slater, about to start tailing Kit, and ends with a cliffhanger of Where is the Plutonium? So, uh, one of the things that I noticed about Cold Seduce, uh, he kind of plays off like a um, Jethro Clampett from um green acres type character you know kind of the good looking buff guy buff looking guy but he's not super smart about who he is Mm -hmm. um seems to be along for the ride um i kind of like him in a way he's just kind of like this endearing character where he seems to to believe in the best of everybody but he's not the smartest but he seems like he knows what he wants at the same time he wants to be an actor he really wants to be better at what he does but he doesn't seem like he has the capability of doing so yeah but i i think like the reason why he wants to try and work with with kit is because he really wants to try and become better at what he does but i think a little bit of the way he acts like a little bit of the over the top um bits of it is because he's in roles with um with bowfinger where he kind of learns how to be um a uh what's it called like a a b movie character yeah so um we were also uh brought back in with freddy here where freddy uh happens to disappear I'm not quite sure who takes him uh, when we were watching it. But I think the only one missing from this is either... Well, Aphrom wasn't in the uh, in the van. Yeah, no. Um, all of the, um, the, the, the behind-the-scenes cast, um, they, they're on set. One mm-hmm. of them has a mark, one of them has a camera, one of them has the lights... But the, or the other one doesn't have lights. The two of them are... One of them's reading a magazine. The other one's sewing. Yeah. <laughs> I actually kind of think maybe this is the cop. Oh, yeah, maybe. That would make sense. Because John chose like, they're in the window looking at what they're doing. Because he, he really doesn't know what's going on, really. But yeah. he's like, I'm just happy to be involved. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But the only person that hasn't shown up that may be there is the cop. And I think yeah. it's supposed to be him. And he did pull him off to the side. Yeah. So, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things I wanted to 
there's not a lot that happens in this movie, but or in this minute. But one of the things that I did notice because in between watchings of Bowfinger, we watched Home, mm-hmm. and I. For the first time, I watched it for the first time, and I did not notice it was Steve Marty until... Um, until I was telling you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it made me notice that he that Steve Martin really plays a lot of, um, not just con men, but confidence men. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows how to sell the character, and um, he was in uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I haven't seen that. It's I think it's him and Michael Caine, where they play con man <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah well they're scoundrels mm-hmm. um and then also in home he wasn't necessarily a con man but he made everybody believe every word that he said yeah it's like he conned them but kind of for a good cause in a way well to, i mean it helped everybody it's i don't know just a little bit different yeah in the well, way that he did it it wasn't conning it into like really bad stuff yeah well, he didn't know that he was the one causing the problems in yeah. home. But he, there was like a, a couple of things that stood out that like, oh, this is such a Steve Martin thing. Mm-hmm. Was where he was wearing the barbecue grill as a hat. Mm-hmm. And he says, that's my crown. There's only one like that. It's like, no, there's tons of those. Yeah. And if they would have thrown up the um, that little thing that like that, I, that item identifier, mm-hmm. it would have pulled all of them. Yep. So I don't know how he managed to have the only one, or he's just lying to everybody that that's Probably the only one. That. Yeah, and it's special. But it was just that moment that the way he says that, it was just like, oh, he plays this type of character a lot. Yeah, it's it's kind of a good fit for him, I guess. Yeah, but one, it's it, it, there's one thing that I notice about the way he writes, and I really wish I'd... I did a or I listened to the master class that he does with screenwriting mm-hmm. um, or writing comedy but he his jokes are actually spaced out but he gives the actors the opportunity to make it funny yeah so there's a scene where um, well where, where Jeff is running across traffic yeah like that, that <laughs> seems just straight out hilarious it's so funny but when he's trying to talk Jif down, you know, like he's like, okay, we're going to make you run errands. Like, he's just like, oh, God, yes. I'll just do he's like, I'm going to, I need you to uh, get pencils. Like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll make them sharp. Like, Eddie Murphy makes that line funny. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make them sharp. But it's not, and it, it's funny the way he says it, but it's not a joke. Mm-hmm. So it's like he actually writes a joke a minute. Mm-hmm. So in this one, we're... Um, him and Freddie are just talking about how they feel much better about um obviously he he'd been gone for a little bit he was with mind mind well how does he say mind i mean head (laughs) (laughs) but um it it it's very very uh linear to uh the rise of scientology in this time frame because it's 1999 Mm -hmm. um and it's weird because it's like they did it before um, uh, South Park, where Chef disappeared all oh, of a sudden yeah. because they were make because they they did that episode about Scientology yeah. and then Chef disappears afterwards, mm-hmm. and it's about the same thing. It's just 
and then of course the whole thing of like uh it's people like you that give uh minehead a bad name mm-hmm. and it's also the people like leia ramini when she uh released her documentary going clear mm-hmm. you know it's one of those it's people like her that give scientology a bad name yeah you know, and so they try and ruin her and everything like that so it's interesting that this kind of comes out before all like of before these... it's time yeah basically. Be- before all the parallels start being mm-hmm. drawn like oh this is so similar but before they're just kind of make it this they get involved with everybody just to um be in the limelight of everything much how um dave ah, i forget his name but the head of scientology like he always wants to be next to tom cruise because it's... tom cruise is so po- powerful it's so weird but it's just weird right like yeah they draw parallels to something that is it, 20 years late, almost 20 years later. It's crazy because it was not super duper known about like it is now, mm-hmm. but it's it's basically parallel to exactly what, you know, what yeah. is shown now. It's yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Like but, a way ahead of its time and knowing, you know, what it would be like in the future, basically. Yeah, it really was. In an in a off the wall kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's. It is, I think it's, I just started realizing like how, how parallel this movie is to current because, um, Robert Downey Jr. plays a black person in Tropic Thunder. Yeah. But then like, um, and, and he's fantastic and like, and it's that type of role that like the buck, the wonder slave, like you, you don't see black men getting an Oscar or forget how the lines delivered but it's just funny that robert downey jr is in there and then he eventually becomes i think he's not as well known he is you know the um the sexy man alive but not the sexiest man alive and then later on he starts doing roles like iron man that really really propel him yeah and then he becomes the like a real leading man but this one he's just very well recognized Mm -hmm. and he I think this is kind of um, around the times that he was still battling with addiction. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's like his star was a little bit fading, but it was still back on the rise. He was getting himself back on track. and mm-hmm. But it, it's just weird how a lot of these this, this movie draws parallels to now to today. But a lot of it is just regular. Mm-hmm. You, you can come across this this guy that just wants a movie to be made much like Tommy Wiseau doing The Room, which, unfortunately, you haven't watched yet. Yeah, we, no. we, but I haven't seen it. you don't know where the bankroll is coming from. The guy's making this movie, and there's just a bunch of actors that just want to try and break through. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon for someone to want to dream like this. It's not uncommon that some people get into this life and they become big big like afterwards mm-hmm. much like heather graham's character yeah and um well mark from the room because later on he writes a book and he becomes bigger than the movie was so it i think a lot of it is just that the way steve martin writes is he's just he doesn't draw out the fantastical Mm-hmm. He draws out the fantastic in people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what makes these characters a little bit 
likable. Mm-hmm. Like, especially... Uh, They're fitting yeah. for the, the people who are playing the character. Yeah. Like, Aphrodite. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's also not one of those things. Like, someone that he, he has a job that he doesn't like, but he does it to support his family. Mm-hmm. And because he's the eldest, most likely the eldest son, mm-hmm. he's also supporting all of his siblings. Yeah. It, it's not uncommon that he would he would be that that kid that has to try and rise up for everybody yeah. the the one to be looked up to and all, all that but he also has a dream yeah and a lot of it's all well a lot of it's like a lot of the core routine of jokoi's mm-hmm. where his mom wanted him to be a nurse or a oh, doctor yeah. <laughs> and he's just like i want to entertain uh yeah these are like not stereotypical roles but stereotypical people Mm-hmm. And that's what I kind of like about all these characters here. Mm-hmm. And it also draws on Christine Baranski's character that she just has a lot of potential as an actress goes. Yeah. But she hasn't had the best opportunity because, quote unquote, she's older. Oh, yeah. You know, she's not a bombshell. Yeah. Much like Heather Graham is going to be and Heather Graham's character is going to be. But she just has old school acting chops, mm-hmm. and she very much likes herself on camera, which is it's hilarious. Which, it, like it just comes out so funny when she was watching herself. Yeah, and her the eyebrow raise is just so and the head tilts. Yeah, and it's, and just it's like, like the whole facial expression is like ooh. Yeah, it's kind of like this is it. This is the this is the role this is the line and yeah. everything and her facial expressions kept changing and yeah. like she's like oh <laughs> like she's not only like she's not like it's not so much as that she's happy with the character she's playing but you know she also seems to be very amused uh-huh. or like she seems to really like watching herself on screen yes and and it's like the way she watches herself is like she's learning from herself mm-hmm. because that is the best teacher she could have like yeah. type thing <laughs> It's it's very funny, but it is. well. Uh, so, Freddy disappears. Uh, you see Jeff on the top of that building still, <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> and he's like drooling basically. Yeah. <laughs> like he's really in like. It's weird. Well, it gets revealed later on about his relation with Kip, but mm-hmm. it's just so innocent and childlike and fun. Yeah just happy to be a part of the group i think if you think about the fact that he he's the only one that knows the secret mm-hmm. i think this is one of those like now he's part of the prank not being pranked on mm-hmm. and that that's kind of what that laugh is yeah so yeah and i love it though it's it just made me smile when we saw it <laughs> yeah he's uh he's in a way cute uh-huh He's very likable. Yeah. Like, adorable. Want to pinch his cheeks kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, oh, you know, he's pulling the wool over his eyes, (laughs) you know. And even though, like, bad stuff happens to him, like, running through traffic, um, (laughs) it makes it funnier, or it makes it even better that he gets out of it okay, Mm -hmm. because you only want good things to happen to him. Mm -hmm. And it's just, ah. Like, he should be the untouchable, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the untouchable. Mm-hmm. We're like, no bad thing should happen to yeah. him. He's untouchable, okay? <laughs> but so it, it ends with uh, what is the, the scene kind of starting 
where uh, Slayer walks up and uh, starts to confront Kit. And Kit very, very much, uh, other than the fact that um, he doesn't know the name of the character he's portraying, Mm -hmm. but when someone he doesn't know comes up towards him, he's very oblivious to quote-unquote nobodies. Yeah. Like, he doesn't assume the person's talking to him because there's no way this person's talking to him. Yeah. He's just going about looking for his friend, Freddy, mm-hmm. who disappears. He doesn't even question the guy, like, hey, have you seen, like... <laughs> I know. Or, like, no like, says, questions. Like, yeah. Like, hey, do you know a guy that looked like... Did you, did you run past you or something? No, he's just like, hey, where's my guy? He's not here. <laughs> yeah. My, my chauffeur, essentially. So, um... So that's where the minute ends, and tomorrow we will begin with uh, Minute 63. Good night, everyone. Good night. Keep it together, children. I hope that we'll see you again. Cause there's always One more show Cause there's always One more show